Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Over this month, we're going through uh, the, the really just what is love from a biblical perspective. Um, if you have a look in the Bible, there are four types of love. Um, the first love is... Um, and I haven't really put these in any order, so I'm just going to go through it. But one of the loves is um, here, eros, which is the Greek word for sensual or romantic love. That is actually in the Bible. The Bible is full of romance. And it actually tells us how to apply this type of love to our life. Uh, the Bible says that, hey, don't waken love. Don't waken this love until the time comes. In other words, don't waken it until you're married. It would solve a whole heap of issues today if we just put that in place. Uh, then it goes on and we've got um, a filet love, which is the type of intimate love in the Bible that most Christians practice towards each other. This Greek term describes the powerful emotional bond seen in deep friendships. It's seen in a deep friendship, this emotional love, this connection, the deep friendship. We've got the next one. Have you got it there? Um, store A, J, store J, as I've been corrected. Uh, the term of love in the Bible that may not be familiar with, that you may not be familiar with, this Greek word describes a family love, the affectionate bond that develops naturally between parents and children and brothers and sisters. And then the last one, which I believe is the overriding love, agape. Agape love. It's the highest of the four of the loves in the Bible. This term defines God immeasurable, God's immeasurable, incomprehensible love for humanity or mankind. It is the divine love that comes from God. Agape love is perfect, unconditional, sacrificial, and pure. How many of us have actually studied these types of love? Did anyone not know? There were different meanings, there were different versions of love in the Bible. You know, sometimes we read things and, and if we don't understand the words or the meanings behind of where these contexts are and whatnot, is that we can get confused with what God's saying. Is that we can take the perspective that we have instead of having the biblical perspective of what's actually written in the Word. And this is what I find today is that we need to take hold of the Word of God and actually read it. Not from the perspective of the world and of our understanding, but from the perspective of what God is actually saying and His actual biblical truths within the Word of God. And I believe that God has actually given us a way in which we should live life. In the Bible, there are principles in which we should adhere by, we should live by. As we start to take those principles and apply them to our life, what takes place is then we start to walk in His blessings. I will say this, if you believe or, or you feel that you're not work, walking in the full blessing of God, well then I would have to ask, have you applied every principle of God to your life? Have you taken the word of God and go, you know what, this is what the word of God says, I'm actually going to try it. I'm actually going to step out, I'm going to apply it to my life. And, and one thing that I will say is that it will be hard. Because there is a devourer, there is a devil that doesn't want you to walk in the ways of God. He doesn't want you to hear the Spirit of God. He doesn't want you to partake of what God says within His Word because He knows. 
He knows what's going to happen when you apply those things to your life. He knows that you're going to walk in victory. He knows that you're going to walk in blessing, in favor. And you know what else? You'll start to influence those around you. A key to influence. Just do what God says. Obey his word. People look at you and go, wow, why are they blessed? Oh, why, why is their marriage so joyful? What? They actually still sleep together after 18 years? Oh, sorry, that was too far. We're in church this morning. But the biblical concept, and, and so this morning I, I want to have a look at agape love, and some of these other loves are throwing in there, but I want to look at the covenant of marriage. Hear me say this, the covenant of marriage, not the contract of marriage. I just want to talk about marriage just for a short time this morning. Why? Because I believe if we have strong marriages, we have a strong society. Do you realize that marriage is really, when you look at marriage, when you come to look at marriage, it's, it's the closest thing on earth that we have that represents the Trinity. It's the closest thing. Right, you think about it. When you come into a covenant, a Christian marriage... A Bible-believing, biblical, Christian marriage. Who's involved? There's God, there's the husband, and there's the wife. There's God, there's the husband, and the wife. You know, you, you look at that and you find that, wow, you look at the Trinity, there is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. It's the closest thing. And so when the devil starts to attack marriages, he's actually attacking the very thing that represents God here on earth. Two flesh become one. With God the center. That is a biblical marriage. It's not a contract. You know, do you realize today, in today's society, is that you can go out and you can get married and it can just be a contract. You can have every clause under the sun in there so that you can get out, protect your goods, protect everything. But if you look at the way that God has designed marriage, it's the agape love where you sacrifice, you give of yourself all of yourself. Let's have a look. What's a contract? Well, a contract is here. You know, the contract says, I take thee for me. You stand there. I take thee for me. A covenant says that I will give of myself. I give thee to you. I give myself to you. A contract says you had better do it. God, well, you, you better do this or this contract's over, this marriage is over. A covenant is, how may I serve you? Hey, hey, how may I lay my life down? How may I serve you? A contract says this, what do I get? Well, you know what, I'm going to give you this, but what do I get right now? What are those things that are going to benefit me? What, what are those things that are going to be in it for me? Where the covenant, it says, you know what, what, I, what can I give? What more can I give? What, what can I give for you? It's actually not about me and get it, but what can I actually give you? A contract says that I will meet you halfway. You know, this contract, it's got to be fair. It's got to be 50-50. It's got to be down the line. It's going to benefit both of us. And if it doesn't benefit both of us, well then, you know what, it's over. If you don't get out of bed in the morning at a certain time, it's over. But the covenant is, comes from another point of view and it says that I will give you 100% plus. 
in this covenant, in this marriage, you know what, I'm not expecting it, but I'm going to give you everything. The end of the contract, it says you have to fulfill this. Sign here. Sign here, you have to fulfill this. But the covenant says, you know what, I want to. I want to. When it comes to my wife, 18 years on, I want to be part of this relationship. I want to be able to come and serve you. I want to know what you want even before you know it. And how hard is that for a woman? Honestly, they go shopping. What are you going shopping for? I don't know until I see it. Like, how, what chance have us guys got? But I still say that. I want to. I, I want to know before you even know. I know that, and you know, when you make that statement, you know you need the Holy Spirit more than ever. So, and this is why I look at it and I say this, is that we need God in our marriages. I need God in my marriage. I need the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom, to give me understanding so that I can walk this thing out. So when people look at our marriage, they go, wow, there can only be one answer for that. And that's God. So true. Like, honestly, when we got together, I I asked her out. We went out, sat on the steps. First thing she says, what's your intentions? <laughs> Just want to get to know you. What's your intention? First date, well, okay, I want to get married eventually. Okay, good. <laughs> but these are things that happen. You come to this place, I, I want to, the covenant relation is I want to, you know, Jesus, he wanted to connect us back to God. The agape love is really the story of Christ coming, hanging on a cross, giving himself unconditionally. When we come into a covenant connection, a covenant marriage, it's an agape love, it's where we lay our life down. We lay our life down for God, we come together, we're laying our life down for God and for each other. And in that, we represent who Christ is here on earth. We represent who he is. A covenant marriage is intended by God to be lifelong relationship, amplifying unconditional love, which is agape love, reconciliation, sexual purity, and growth. A growing together. You know, a covenant is an eternal commitment with God. People can negotiate out of contracts, but not out of a covenant. But not out of a covenant. And if you're here today and and you're a single and you're looking at going on the journey to be married, I, I will say this, before you get married, make sure you are equally yoked. And what I mean by that is make sure you're going in the same direction. Because I see even Christians getting married and they are unequally yoked. Yes, they believe in God, but they're moving in a different direction. You you need to make sure that you're equally yoked before you awaken love. Whoa. Well, what are you saying about love? I thought love was a feeling. Feelings come and go. 
But there comes a point where you have to stand your ground and say, I choose, which I'll get into a little bit later. The heart of a covenant marriage is the steadfast love of the Lord, which comes from, every, from the very heart of God and never ceases. Never ceases. So what makes up marriage? Our love for one another, our agape love. The vows we exchange at our wedding reflect a relationship already bound by steadfast love and faithfulness. The degree in which these words have meaning comes in direct proportion to the unconditional love that dwells within our hearts for the one whom we are repeating them for. It's an unconditional love. So the first thing is that we need to take responsibility when we say these words. Is that we need to take responsibility for this. In a marriage, we need to take responsibility. The reason why so many marriages fall apart is because there is one of two parties not taking responsibility. Not taking responsibility for the vows, not taking responsibility for the covenant in which they've made. A partner, or as partners in a covenant marriage or relationship, marriage relationship, we are responsible for our actions. We are responsible for our actions. In other words, we are responsible for sexual purity. We are responsible for what we think. We are responsible for our thoughts, for our actions, even towards our spouse. We need to be responsible. And this is where I say is that don't awaken love until it's time. Don't waken, you know, before marriage, isn't, it's not time to try and buy before you buy. It's time to wait. It's time to build a, a fillet, a relationship that is deep, that will stand the test of time. It's just not whether you're sexually compatible, but it goes beyond that moment. Why? Because I believe in marriage, when it comes to sex, it's uh, two coming together and God is involved. There is a spiritual connection. The two will become one. And so today, I will say this, is that in marriage, keep it sacred. Keep it sacred. If you're on the journey, keep it sacred. Whoa. How many issues would be solved in today's society if there was a generation that had that mindset that maybe I'm just going to save myself? How many medications wouldn't we need? And this is the thing, is that if we can come to a place and, and the world looks upon our marriages and go, well, how did that happen? We can only see one answer. We can only see one way. And they start to see God and they see how we glorify God in our relationships. And I will say this, the church needs to get better at their marriages. And as we get better, then the world will start to look in and go, whoa. There is actually something in that. There's God. Taking responsibility. In other words... It's not always the wife's fault. Gentlemen, takes two to tango. Have a look in the mirror. Taking responsibility. You know, there are some things that your wife or your spouse needs to take care of, and that's their responsibility. But there are other things that you need to take care of. As we take care of our stuff, 
they'll take care of their stuff. And this is the thing, if you're wanting your spouse to change, I will say this, be an inspiration for change. And the only way that you can be an inspiration for change is to stand in the mirror and say, well, what do I need to change? Because as you start to change and you start to reflect God in your relationship, in who you are, and start to believe and move forward, you know what what happens is you inspire your wife, you inspire your spouse to come. If you're sitting here today and you're married and, and your spouse isn't saved or isn't walking with God, or they're not a Bible-believing Christian, or they're not a church attendant, and that, you know, they might have a belief, but I would say maybe the issue is sometimes is that we need to stand back and stop Bible-bashing them. How do you inspire them? How do you draw them? How, how do you show them the Spirit of God? And this is what we need to do. We need to be in this place where we can come, the covenant of relationship. We need to take responsibility for ourselves and responsibility for the call that God's put upon our life, upon our marriage, and upon our self. The next thing is the choice. We take responsibility. We take choice. It's a choice. You know, covenant marriages are not built on deceit or manipulation. They're built on fillet. They're built on a deep friendship. A deep friendship. I remember a time, and I had permission to say this, because I didn't get roasted after the last service. Anyway, when we first got married, it was sweet. You know, because we were both perfect in our own ways. And, and you know, it's, it's like, how, how would I say? It's like two worlds colliding when you get married. It's like two worlds colliding when you start to, you know, and all the married couples are like, yeah, we're still colliding. Anyway, but <laughs> the, the, it's like that, you know, and, and for me, you know, I, I'm... I'm Okay, I'm not that perfect. Sorry. I know. I know, I just had to put that out there. But there was this time where we were talking and, and with Carolina and because and she's Polish, you know, um, I never really have to wonder what she's going to say or what she thinks about something back then. Um, she's great now. Anyway, but I remember this time when we were talking about relationship, we are talking about love and, and she was talking about, well, how do you know you're going to love me and uh, 16 years time, right here, we're here now. Anyway, but it's the whole thing, and it's like this, the whole love, and she's, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to love you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she turns to me, she's like, but how do you know that you're still going to love me? And I said these words, I said, well, love is a choice. How many guys have actually said that to their wife? She looked at me. So you have to choose to love me? You have to choose to love I'm thinking, at this moment? Yes. Anyway, but anyway, that was another story. But that, you know, it's at that moment, it's like, but it's a choice. Every day we choose to love our spouse. We, we choose to be we, in this covenant relationship with them and God. That's the way it works. It's taking responsibility and choosing and moving forward together as a couple. And I will say this, um, do we 
have to choose sometimes. I know that my wife probably has to choose every day of the week. Here I am. Oh, Sam. You know, but that moment, it's a, it's a choice. It's not a feeling. And unfortunately, today, everyone's just going around on their feelings. And I will say this, feelings will lie to you. Feelings will lie to you. Is that sometimes we just have to take responsibility and choose. And this is what I love. As I choose, I grow in love every day of the week. Every moment of the week, I choose to be in this place. I choose to fulfill my covenant. I, I choose to be here. How can I serve you? How can I lay my life down for you? Ephesians 5, 22 to 26. Wives, submit to your husband or your own husbands. You know, I, I love this because in some people's minds right now, the husbands are going, yeah, woman, listen to that. But have you actually read further on? It talks about the husband's role. You know, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the saviour of the body. Therefore, just as the, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church. In other words, die, husband. Well, all the women are like, so good. In other words, die to ourselves. Yeah, we submit ourselves to Christ, but what we've got to realize is that Christ gave his agape love. He gave his all so that we could have relationship with God. If we're going to have a relationship with our wife, guys, we need to die to ourselves. We need to lay it on the line. I will say this, when I lay things on the line for my wife, when I hand over, when I, when I go, God, here I am, I, I'm laying it over for you, God. I'm laying it over for my wife right here. You know what? I know this is that I never miss out. You can scroll through Instagram right now. You can look at Facebook. You can look at the highlights of everyone else's life and go, wow, they've got it made. Wow, wow, wow. And you, know, you can desire that. But I'll tell you this, you're desiring the wrong thing. You're desiring someone else's life where God's saying, hey, how about you just desire the relationship you've got? And when you desire and lay your life down for the relationship that you have right now, I will give you a blessing and I will blow your mind with grace and love than you could ever imagine. As you think that's good, well then just dwell in this place with me. In your marriage, put me first, put your wife above your own needs and watch, him, watch me come through and this is what I find when I do those things I find that I walk in blessing and favor husbands lay down wives honor your husbands husbands inspire your wives as you inspire your wife and lead your wife she will follow I love what T.D. Jakes says he makes this statement he says you know the question at the proposal should not be do you love me but where are we going where are we going? A covenant relationship. Where are we going in this relationship? Husband, where are you taking me? Wife, where are we going? Are you on board? Are you going to encourage? Are you going to lift up? It's a choice. Wives, submit. Submission is freely given and grows from respect 
not fear and manipulation. Husbands, choose daily to love your wife as Christ loved the church. You must freely choose to love and honour her in spite of the fact that you may not feel like loving her or honouring her. We can never trust feelings. If you build a marriage out of feelings, it would be like building on shifting sand. Building on shifting sand. Sand can never support the foundations of marriage. It comes down to trust. Agape love. Laying one's life down for those around us. The next thing is nurturing relationship. Our marriage will grow as we build up one another in love. We need to value our spouse more than ourselves. We need to value our spouse more than ourselves. You need to. Like, honestly, take a bigger insurance policy out on them. Value them more than yourself. Why? Because you've uh, you got to get to a stage where, you know, God, you've put us in this covenant relationship. We're here to stand. We're here to glorify your name. We're here to shine the light of Christ. And as you do that together, you will impact the world in which you live. You will impact those around you. As we experience the unconditional love of Jesus Christ, we are able to love our spouse as he loved us unconditionally. We need to provide unconditional love, forgiveness, reconciliation, while providing comfort and hope to our partner. In other words, a safe place. Friends, let me tell you this. If you're married here, your husband or your spouse or your wife should be a safe place. Not your best friend. Not the person down the road in the next cubicle to you at work. But you should be able to confide in your spouse. You need to be able to trust. You need to be able to build relationships. And this is covenant marriage. It's a coming together. It's coming together as one. It's a coming together with God and your husband and your wife. It's not God, your husband, your wife and your neighbor. And this is what I see in some things is, oh, I just can't tell my husband. I just can't. Is he a safe place? Husband, have you been able to open up and become the safe place? And I'll be honest with you, is that Carolina comes and talks with me and, and we've got an open relationship, we're a safe place, but there are sometimes I don't know what to say. And honestly, that's when I need God. Because if you say the wrong thing, but sometimes if you don't know what to say, don't say anything, just... And I've had to learn that. I'm the worst at that. But the safe place, because the last thing you want, husbands, is your wife running to another man to find a safe place. Parents, fathers, I will say this. If you have daughters, be their safe place. Or as they grow up in their teenage years, they'll run to another man. 
be the man that you want them to marry in the future. Be the man that you want them to marry in the future. Wife, the same. For your sons, be there. Do the same thing. But in turn, as a couple with kids, and when you're a friend, if you're not married today and you're going to get married, you're going to have kids, you're going to need this advice. Is make sure you represent God here on earth because then that's what they'll desire. That's what they'll desire. The things of the world will look glamorous. The things of the world will look, but then there'll be nothing. It'll be a shell to what you have at home because you'll be representing God and who He is. And the last one is commitment. A covenant is built on a selfless love, freely given and freely received. A commitment freely offered with no strings attached. The Apostle Paul Corinthians says this, he says, love never fails. Agape love never fails. Agape love never fails. Our God never fails. A covenant marriage. God does have a plan for your marriage. Today, friend, God does have a plan for your marriage. He desires that you that your marriage that your love would grow and be fruitful. That's his desire. Is that together you would love, your love would grow and you would be fruitful. That it is not merely enjoy each other's company or simply endure each other. The goal of a covenant marriage is to glorify God in your relationship and to exemplify Christ to the world. That's a covenant marriage. That's a gape love. Friend, today, how is your marriage? Honestly, how is your marriage? Did you go into your marriage as a contract? Or have you gone in as a covenant? Have you taken the biblical perspective? of what God calls marriage and applied it to your relationship today. Friend, today, take hold. Take hold. And let's see the world change as families, as marriages stand the test of time with God at the centre. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.